Well, we're back. I told you I was going to keep him. You're listening to The Human Resource. And last week, we had Todd Yowett on talking to us about the Secure Act 2.0. All the changes that were coming down the road that will affect your 401k, your retirement, your future. And again, if you didn't listen to the last show, you need to go back because it gave us the top five. And how can I say top five? Because the next five are going to be just as important. Or maybe even more so. <laughs> <laughs> he has a tendency to do this kind of stuff to me. Um, Todd, again, you are a financial advisor with the Roslo Financial Group here in Cincinnati. We are so glad to have you here in the station at ICRC-TV. But pick us up where we left off. Give us five more major changes out of the 90 provisions. Yes. This, this You said this was like a thousand-page document. Mm-hmm. Um, give us those other five that, that our listeners and our viewers need to be aware of to watch out for their retirement. Sure. So uh, I think one thing is required, min- required minimum distributions. Um, so when folks, you know, are no longer working, but maybe they leave their monies in the old 401k plan, or maybe they leave their monies in an IRA, um, once they got to a certain age, they were required by the government to start pulling their money out or a cer- certain percentage of their money out each year because the government needed to start collecting the pre-tax you know, taxes that were owed to them. So um, they increased the age for the RMDs, for the required minimum distribution. So if you're turning, uh, if you weren't 72 last year, um, the law now says that you don't have to take them until you're 73, starting this year, Mm. okay? For those that turned 72 last year, unfortunately, they didn't, you know, say, okay, well, we'll give you a break. You know, you're, you're going to be doing your requirement distributions. But if you turn 72 this year, you're not going to need to take your RMD until you're age 73. So that's in effect immediately. And 10 years from now, they're going to take that age to 75. So um, it's, it's, I think it's a testament to people living longer. I think the government's recognizing that a little bit. So, uh, you know, they're saying, well, you know, maybe we'll just let them, you know, take it a little bit later. Well, what were they doing with the money anyways? They were, they were either spending it or putting it in a savings account. Well, of course. No, they're, they're spending it. <laughs> so the government's helping us save. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. I'm not going to go any further with that one. So anyway, uh, so that was that, that's, that's a good change. Um, also, if you have monies in a Roth bucket in your 401k, which Roth is just an after-tax contribution, um, so you pay your tax on the deposit, but when you pull all your money out in retirement, you don't pay federal state income taxes. Um, they did require RMDs initially for that, other than in Roth IRAs, they did not. So it was kind of a, you know, the, the two laws didn't make sense. The Roth 401k required an RMD, the Roth IRA did not. So what they just did is they cleaned that up, and now the Roth 401k is going to be just like a Roth IRA oh. Oh. Um, so that there is no RMD until the participant actually passes away. Okay. So the beneficiary has to spend the money after the, after the participant is gone. And that's effective in 2024. And those are individuals that are not contributing within – those are accounts outside of an employer. 
No, that's in, inside the employer. So, IRA? so in a 401, no, not the IRA, the Roth 401k. So the Roth 401k is just a, okay. in 401k, since probably the last uh, handful of years, it's been very popular for people to start doing Roth 401k contributions. Yes, okay. Because the younger folks think that, you know, taxes will be much higher down the road. Yes. And, you know, I tend to agree with them. And so they're pretty much all have abandoned doing the pre-tax, the traditional way of doing 401k. So all the all of our clients, we set up 401ks having both buckets, so pre-tax as well as Roth. So we're talking specifically now in the Roth 401k side of things. Okay. Um, there was a provision in there that required that money be distributed as you attained age 72, um, but now the you're not going to have to do that anymore. In a Roth 401k, you're just like the IRA outside of a 401k, you're not going to have to take the RMD on a Roth 401k. Um, your, your surviving beneficiary will when you pass. Got it. Okay. Okay. Uh, forced out distributions. So again, this is dealing with terminated participants um, who have left money behind in the 401k plan. Uh, under the current laws, um, you know, if if they left between $1,000 and $5,000, the employer had the right to roll their money into an automatic uh, IRA, okay? Um, basically get it out of their plan and out of their fiduciary responsibility. Mm -hmm. They just increased the dollar threshold. So now employers can force employees into an IRA if the employee doesn't take their money out of their plan between $1,000 and $7,000. Oh. So they upped it, they upped it uh, $2,000. Um, that's effective in plan year 2024. Which is around the corner. Around the corner, okay. Um, also, they're going to allow vendors, so in other words, like the Fidelities of the World or John Hancock or Nationwide, um, they're going to allow those folks that if a participant shows up at, in another plan somewhere, they're going to allow those vendors to automatically take it from that rollover IRA and put it into the new employer's 401k plan automatically. And that's called auto transportability. And will that be a Roth as well? No, that's that's going to be whatever it is. So, oh, I see. So if it's pre-tax, it's pre-tax. If it was a Roth bucket, it's Roth. Okay. 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 Um, so that, again, 2024. And then good news for HR folks and for people responsible for handling the administration of, of their 401k plans at their company, we're going to have reduced disclosure requirements for non-participants. So right now, there's a ton of government disclosures. It started in 2012. The government thought that employees didn't have enough paper and enough disclosures about the plan. So it makes the employer do a lot of disclosures through a calendar year. Um, and right now everybody who is eligible to participate whether they're participating or not mm -hmm. have to get all these notices every single year from the employer <clears throat> moving forward um, they're going to do away with things that don't apply to a non-participant so if there's a fund change in the plan if you're not participating it doesn't affect you if there's a fee change of the plan it doesn't it doesn't impact you um, so a lot of the notices that were going out um, you know, will no longer have to go to non-participants. There's three exceptions. So they'll still need to get a summary plan description, the SPD, yeah. uh, that basically gives them the, you know, the rights under the plan. They have to be sent an annual reminder that they are eligible for the plan, okay? Um, and then if they request any kind of documentation on the plan, then the employer has to uh, provide that to them. Okay. But that's good news and that's effective immediately. So starting this calendar year, um, employers will have a reduced workload with employer disclosures. 
You know, I, I'm listening to all this, and 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 uh, again, I'm I'm not. ERISA is not my strong point, and so 401ks and employee benefits, I always bring in a much, much higher authority and expert on. But when it, we've got listeners who are saying, well, I, I think my broker's doing their job. I, I mean, I spoke to one this afternoon and said, who, who's your broker? Oh, I don't know. Oh, oh yeah, it's uh, such and such company. And I went, are you sure that's the broker or maybe that's the, the TPA? And she goes, I don't know. I haven't talked to him for a while. Yeah. Todd, that's that's scary for somebody like me because mm-hmm. I put a dollar amount to that mm-hmm. in all the fines and fees. Mm-hmm. And when you introduced me to the Secure Act a few years ago, the very first, mm-hmm. you said there was jail time associated with violating some of these. Well, there, yeah, there, there's guidelines. Po- yeah, there's potential. Most of what we're talking about today um, is really just. Uh, fines and penalties um, for not following the rules. Jail time really comes into effect when you do something gross negligence. So in other words, if, if an employer takes the payroll and goes to Jamaica on vacation for a couple of weeks, you know, that's subject to jail. Um, you know, but what we're talking about today, if for some reason they're supposed to let a part-time person in and they didn't allow that person in, it, it's really going to be more of a, a, a penalty or a fine type situation. But in one of my meetings with a group of business owners this afternoon, he looked at me and he goes, yeah, but I'm paying that broker to take care of my 401k. So if something goes wrong, it's not my fault. <laughs> Todd, it, it, it is his fault. He's, it, the buck stops with him, right? Absolutely. No uh, plausible deniability here. Absolutely. There's, there's ways to minimize your liability for sponsoring a plan as an employer, um, but you can't offload it completely. Um, you know, so if you're working with a fiduciary advisor that's signing off as a fiduciary in your plan, uh, if you're working with a uh, 316 fiduciary on the admin side, you know, that, that's helping offload your liability, but you ultimately uh, are responsible. So whoever the name fiduciary at the company is, is ultimately responsible for the actions of everybody. So, you know, you can offload a lot of your liability, but you cannot get rid of all your liability. No, and and one of the biggest hesitations when we talk, when you and I sit down with a company and say, look, this is, this is these are the services that you should take advantage of. Mm-hmm. And they look at me later and go, I don't wanna spend that kind of money. I, I can take care of it myself. I, I, I know what I'm doing. I'm, I'm quite an investor. When you look at the fines and the fees and the, the back interest and the violations that can be made mm-hmm. if you're not doing the due diligence on behalf of the employee, because remember the employees, viewers, the empl- you're depending on your employer to make good decisions for you. And when you put your money in those accounts, you're, you're walking away. You're not following it dime by dime. It's worth the money to get a actual licensed fiduciary to make these decisions, right? Yeah, correct. It, it definitely helps the plan sponsor. It does mitigate a lot of the risk. Um, but more importantly, the plan gets operated properly, um, you know, the way it's supposed to be under ERISA. And, and ERISA is huge. It is absolutely huge. One of the – and <laughs> you have at least taught me that I will – Occasionally, I say, "Hey, uh, where are your meeting notes for the last 401k meeting?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and when was the last time you had a 401k meeting yep. <laughs> with your trustees? <laughs> and he knows exactly which client we're talking about at this yes. moment. <laughs> um, 
These are finer details. And I know, again, I know that some of you have not, you're involved with the 401k enrollment of your employees, but maybe you haven't seen the plan document. Maybe you don't know what the age limit is or the age requirement for eligibility. Maybe you don't know how often open enrollment is because Todd and I still find companies who have an open enrollment every month where individuals, if they're eligible, if they turned it down in January, they can come back in February. If they turn it down in February, or maybe they didn't know anything about it in February because nobody offered it to them again, they can enroll in March. Guys, these are traps. These are absolute traps. And I cannot emphasize enough that if you're going to have a a plan like a 401k or even a simple IRA, you need to understand the depth and the seriousness of uh, handling this kind of a benefit for your employees. Todd, if they have any questions or or want to talk a little bit more about um, what you discussed on the last two shows, how can they get to, to you? Sure. Um, well, you can reach me at my email, which is Todd, T-O-D-D, at planwithrfg.com. Um, that's probably the easiest way to get a hold of me. And that's a whole lot better than Roslo because I had trouble spelling that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, do we have time for one fun thing? Oh, go ahead. You're going to talk about the steak? No, I'm going to give you my I'm going to give you my tenth bullet point that I thought would be very important for plant oh, sponsors. Oh, sorry, I cut you off. No, it's okay. <laughs> but this is an optional feature, though, so that it was a perfect. This is perfect. so me. No, but it, it was an op- It's just an optional feature that employers don't have to add. But starting in 2024, okay, if you have young employees that are uh, paying off student loans, uh, if People are still doing that these days. But if they're paying off student <laughs> loans, um, you know, you could actually apply your company match to their student loan payment. Not that it's going to the student loan. It's actually going into the retirement plan. Um, but you're basically saying we're going we're gonna, to, instead of, since you're not doing a salary deferral because you can't afford to right now and you're paying off your student loans, we're going to, whatever you're paying there, we're going to apply it to our matching formula and put the match in the 401k plan for you. So it kind of helps that person, even though they're not putting their own money in right now, um, it helps them as they're paying the student loans off, it helps them, uh, you know, start getting some money put into their retirement plan. Oh my God, that's huge. Yeah. Who thought that went up? That was a mother that thought that up. <laughs> Somebody. That was a mother in Congress <laughs> who was tired of looking at the debt her kids are looking at. Yes. Oh my gosh. You know, again, Every time the government puts something out, you never quite know how it's going to affect any of us and and what kind of extra work this is going to put on us as HR representatives. But you've made it seem very, very simple. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me, Fanny. I really appreciate it. Again, viewers, listeners, if you have a question or have uh, a concern that you want us to talk about, you know that's what we're here for. My name's Pandy. And the show was made for you. We're the human resource.